Good to be in the house of God today. Amen. Is anybody excited about what the Lord is doing today? That, that, that's about 25% excited. Okay, 100% excited about what the We thank you. We praise you. Let's worship the Lord with our youth choir today. Come on and give the Lord some praise. Yeah. 
Amen. Praise God. So very, very quickly, I'd like, like, I'd like to do one thing, and that is I want to recognize the Wilson family that is here. And we have a, a small gift. We want to thank you for the years your parents, your uncle, uh, however you're related. I see his daughter Chrissy's here. I see grandchildren, great-grandchildren. If y'all would come, I see nephew and and uh, niece, if y'all would come, we want to just present a gift to you. Thank you for everything. He pastored here for 25 years. He was a member here for well over 40 years. Let's give them honor. Let's give the Wilson honor.
hands to all of those that have gone on before us. They have something to do with this church, something to do with founding and establishing and pressing this forward at whatever stage of the We give honor to them, give honor to all whom honor is due. Let's give them honor right now. And as we do that, let's worship the Lord one more time with our youth choir. Come on, if you want to know what heaven looks like, it's looking like me.
live family standing before you is the leadership team, department heads, not the entire leadership team, but the department heads, the mantle ministry leaders. They have been uh, chosen, they have been called by God, they have been appointed by us as a church over respective departments. They're not the only leaders, but they are our department heads, and they pray for you. They call on the name of God for you. They uh, reach out to the Lord for you. They work in, in so many varieties of ministries each and every day. Could, could you lift your hands toward each and every one of them right now and just pray that God continues to watch over them, direct them, and help them make the right choices and the right decisions. And to be able to minister to the hurting, to those in need, to be able to help those that need help, and to stand in the places that God has called each and every one of them to. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Would you keep your hands up right now? And I want them to reach out and minister in prayer to each and every one of you. And God, we call upon your name. Help us, Lord, to be, Lord, there for each and every one that needs anything and everything from you, God. We pray for strength. We pray for hope. We pray for peace. God, we pray for the touch of you in each and every one of their lives, God. Help us to direct them. Help us to lead. Help us to help them find the places and the callings that you've called upon their life. We pray in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Give the Lord a hand of praise. After that, you may be seated in Jesus' name. If you were during the mantle passing service, it was Elijah that had a mantle. And, and, and he wore his mantle, but when there was a transition happening, he cast his mantle upon Elisha, and Elisha received that mantle. Now, Elisha continued several places in his journey from that point. He, he continued on to Gilgal, he continued on to Bethel, he continued on to several places, but, but his mantle had been thrust upon uh, the one coming after him, the one that would receive a double portion of what he had, his ministry had accomplished. And, and, and symbolically, we use mantles uh, when we transfer leadership. And it, throughout the year, if the leadership, the department head position has been transferred, it's this service that we change the mantles. And so that's what we're going to, we're going to pass met a few uh, mantles today and we want you to be a part of the prayer and this changing in, in that. So first of all, I want to ask uh, Pastor Munden, our family pastor, and Ashley Mason, and then after that, Lauren Blonde to come stand up here and understand that we will be passing the deaf ministry mantle and as they're coming. Ashley has held this mantle for many years. And Sister Lauren has been working closely with her in the deaf ministry, but they both feel it is time, and the time has arrived for them to pass the mantle of this ministry. Uh, Pastor Munden will symbolically give this over to Ashley, and then Ashley will place this upon Sister Lauren, and they will pray for her. Amen. So, Brother Munden, if you would go ahead, Sister Ashley.
only interprets God, but that your anointing, just as your anointing comes through when a singer is singing, or a preacher is preaching, or a teacher is teaching, God, that your anointing, that same anointing will flow through her as she ministers in this language to each and every one that she ministers to. We pray, God, that you fill that entire area of Lord, that uh, a revival begins in that ministry in the name of Jesus. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise. Pastor Monday will remain in place, and Sister Monday and Sister Joanna Ean will come, and at the same time, Brother and Sister Chuck and Sherry Ellison will come. Sister Joanna has done the ministry of divorce care since its inception, since the very beginning, that they feel at this time it is time to pass this mantle, and Brother Chuck and Sister Sherry Ellison will now operate in the divorce care. There's a lot of people that need divorce care at this ministry in this hour that we have. So Brother Mundon, you would pass to Sister Joanna, and then Sister Joanna, and, and this is just a symbol of the authority God's given us, and, and we pass that down. I've given the mantle to Brother Mundon. Brother Mundon feel, feels that the Ellisons are ready, so now he will pass that mantle on to the Ellisons, or Sister Joanna will pass that mantle on to the Ellisons. Christy Lynn. Let's go, Christy! Yeah! 
this way and begin to pray. And God just makes this dynamic, amazing youth ministry that it begins to grow. God, that it just begins to flourish and that young people from all over receive the glorious gift of the Holy Ghost and see truth and come and fellowship and, and be a part of this church. We thank you, God. We give you praise. We exalt you in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can we give the Lord a hand of praise? In the name of Jesus, we thank you, God. We praise you, God. Oh, for everything you're doing and everything you've done. He's not. 
not done until it's good. So hello, hello, joy.
not mistaken, it may be closer to 15. But uh, I, brother and sister Green have become part of our church and church ministry. And I don't know how many have received the gift of the Holy Ghost throughout the years. A word of encouragement, a prophetic voice into their life here at this church from Brother Green, Sister Green. So we're excited to have them today. Excited to have you. Thank you for coming out for our 45th anniversary. Amen. Thank God. Thank God also. We've also got, we've also got Reverend Whitehurst and Sister Laura in from, from years gone by here with us today. We have got Pastor Matt Mitchell and Sister Roxy and their family in all the way from Arkansas. Pastors of a revival church in Arkansas. And uh, he was a, he was 16 years old, if I'm not mistaken, when I got here and uh, to pastor. And uh, Brother Mick Gordon and Sister Mick Gordon were the youth pastors, and he gave them a run for their money. And, uh, but he is a pastor today. Praise God, we love you, Brother Matt. I'm excited about what the Lord is doing. Brother Green, would you come minister? And uh, let's give Brother Green a hand right now. So, God, thank you for all you've done for life. Well, the presence of our Father in the house is just so powerful, so rich. Anybody glad that you're a child? And the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And He loves you and cares for you, making sure that He has patterned or put a path in front of you, directing your steps. I want to give high, high honor to Pastor C, Sister C, for also for honoring Bishop Wilson and their family. I love that. So thankful. And we're standing on the shoulders of great men and women that have gone on before and all our elders. We give all of them honor today. Give you honor. Would you stand with me? We've already had ministry, but we want to get to the Word of God so we can give direction for what God is wanting to do last of this service. I'm reading from Luke chapter 24. So good to have my wife with me. Those of you who know, she's a tremendous minister in her own right, and she does have a table out in the back that you'll want to visit, so it'd be a blessing to you. In Luke chapter 24, Traditionally, verses 44 through 49 is scriptures that we use into His marvelous light Bible study. And we connect oftentimes the Gospels, like even I did in this morning's service, the Gospels to the actions of the Apostles through these verses. But I want to bring out something different, uh, maybe something you've not seen before, and preach what's been a revelation and a prophetic word to you today. So, begin reading at Luke 24, verse 44. And Jesus said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses, and in the prophets, and in the Psalms concerning me. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. Now we got to get out of our New Testament Western mindset 
to realize what's actually happening here. He just said the things that were written of him in the law, in the prophets, in the Psalms. That's every prophetic utterance in the Old Testament that speaks about Jesus Christ. He opened their understanding to them that they might understand these scriptures. This is where it happened. This is where it was filled. This is how that prophecy. He gave them understanding. Verse 46. And said unto them, It is written, Thus it behooved Christ to suffer to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in His name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem, be endued with power from on high. I'm preaching, opening our understanding. God opened our understanding. Open God our understanding. God bless you. You may be seated. Put your thinking cap on. Let's go on a little journey so we'll have some understanding here. In Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7, the scripture declares unto us that wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. This is a proverb that is written by the wisest man that ever lived. And he is speaking life nuggets. He's speaking gold for people who live. And he said the principal thing of life is this. Get wisdom. Because whatever area of life that you pursue or give yourself to, the determining value of how powerful, how good, how blessed that life will be is how much wisdom you get concerning that life. It's the principal thing. So, get wisdom. He continues on by saying, and... With all of thy getting, get understanding. Solomon who writes this is of course the son of David. And when David goes on to his reward, Solomon is anointed to be the next king. And so when Solomon builds the temple that he has been prophesied he would build, that his father got together all the material and got all the money together and Solomon built it. Then he performed a huge sacrifice to the God of his father. Thousands of sacrificial goats and lambs were sacrificed. If you want to get God's attention, sacrifice still works. If you're desperate to get the voice and the heartbeat of God, sacrifice still works. Sacrifice of your finances to His kingdom. Sacrifice of your time and your energy. Sacrifice of yourself in the ministry. Sacrifice gets the attention of God. When Solomon begins to give this extravagant, extravagant sacrifice, the Shekinah glory of God, the presence of God descends in that place. And God speaks to Solomon and tells him this. What do you want? I'm going to give it to you. And Solomon has a very wise statement. When he doesn't ask for riches, 
He doesn't ask for popularity. He doesn't ask for health. But he says, what I need is wisdom. Principal thing. Wisdom is the principal thing. And he realized, if I'm going to be the king of God's people, what I've got to have is wisdom and knowledge to take care of God's people. And this request was so pleasing unto God. You've got to realize how principal wisdom is. It's so pleasing that Solomon would have wisdom to ask for wisdom that God is blessed and favoring Solomon because of that. And not only gives him wisdom, which is the principal thing, but he gives him wealth. He gives him honor. He gives him popularity. He gives him favor like no king before and like no king after. Wisdom is the principal thing. But if you study the life of Solomon, he lived out few of his problems. He had wisdom, but he lacked the understanding of what he should do with that wisdom. He declared unto us, wisdom's a principal thing, therefore get wisdom, but with all of your getting, you have to have understanding. In our culture today, there is not much difference between the words wisdom and the words understanding. Wisdom in, means not in English, but in the biblical sense. Wisdom is mental acuity. It's the ability to gain knowledge. You have wisdom, you have knowledge, you have acuity, and you have gained wisdom. But understanding means to be able to discern or to separate mentally, to distinguish, to perceive. So it's taking the knowledge you have and knowing what to do with it. To discern, to perceive, to realize what you should do with this particular wisdom. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, he's talking about the gifts of the Spirit and the power and the authority and the anointing of God. And he begins to tell us throughout the whole scripture, I don't have a time for this to be a Bible study, but he's telling them plainly that gifts of the Spirit operate in partiality. That knowledge is in part. Words of knowledge, words of wisdom, the gifts of knowledge are partial. When you truly operate in a God-given gift, it's impartiality. The gifts of revelation are in part of partiality. All these gifts are gifts that are in part. And then he begins to declare that the parts come to you in pieces. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part is done away. We'll have a time to give you a little Bible study on this. But as you receive a prophecy, it's in part. But once you've received the fulfillment of that prophecy, now you don't need the partial prophecy because you understand everything that was being spoken and declared. Diversities of tongues in chapter 14 is in part. And they will cease. So when God is speaking to us through diversities of tongues, it's given to us impartiality. We don't fully know exactly the perfect direction that He's given. But once we walk in the fullness, 
fullness of that, we don't need that partial direction, so it ceases to direct us. Be confused about what Paul is giving direction. He's trying to give us understanding that the gifts of the Spirit is not to tie everything down exactly how everything is going to happen. It's to give you a part and a piece so you can walk in faith that God has your future. There has already been some prophecy that has happened in this altar. And while your family situation is up in the air and your ministry has only brought you hurt, the prophecy is here to declare there's a new hope. There's a new life. Because this is your dealing with is not your future. You've got something to fulfill in God. In the middle of this utterance that Paul is speaking to us in chapter 14, he gives us this tremendous piece of understanding. Verse 6 of chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians, Paul says that understanding comes by these four levels. It comes through revelation. It comes through knowledge. It comes through prophecy. And it comes through doctrine. Him already telling us that these are partial. They're not complete. They're not perfect. But the way that you receive understanding is you get these four things. You need doctrine. You need prophesying over your life. You need godly knowledge. And you need revelation. And that is the beginning of the understanding that comes in part that brings the perfect or the fulfillment of what you need in your life. In the Gospels, a powerful principle. Let me just say it this way. That when Matthew and Mark and the Gospels begin to say the kingdom of heaven is likened to, we should devour that. Because somehow we think that we can come and be a part of the kingdom of God and not understand the intricacies of what the kingdom of God is like. It's not like our Western civilization and society. The kingdom of God is nothing like America. study the kingdom and what it's like. Tremendous revelation in these parables. All three synodic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the story that we call the sower and the seed gives us this picture. But if we know the seed is the word of God, then it absolutely can be divided into the word of revelation, the word of knowledge. The word of prophecy. The word of doctrine. But the gospel says that when this word went forth, it fell upon the soil of men's heart. And one kind of soil cannot receive it, and that's the wayside soil, which the gospel tells us birds come and steal away the seed, revelation, the seed of prophecy, the seed of doctrine, the seed of knowledge. Why? Because they lack understanding. Wisdom is the principal thing. So get wisdom, get knowledge, but with all of your getting, you have to have understanding. We see this example throughout the scripture as the disciples are eyewitnesses to the fulfillment of the Psalms that speak about Christ. The law that prophesied about Christ. 
all of the prophets that declared about Christ. But this is what we see multiple times. They are given insights and the disciples are eyewitnesses to what's happening. One of these is the triumphal entry where Jesus rides that colt that has never been ridden through the streets of Jerusalem and people literally come out of their houses and their places of business and pick up palm branches and are waving as they are shouting out this praise. Hosanna to the highest. King, blessed is the name of the Lord. Hail, King of Israel, as they begin to shout this. This is a prophecy fulfilled by Zechariah the prophet. Because in chapter 9, verse 9 of Zechariah 9 and 9, this is what it says. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem, behold the king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation. He's lowly and riding upon a young donkey. They've heard this prophecy all their life. The disciples were raised hearing this prophecy. They could quote what Zechariah says, but the scripture is very clear. In fact, let me read it to you. John chapter 12 and verse 16. They're at the time of the triumphal entry, and this is what the Bible said. These things understood, understood, not his disciples at the first when Jesus was with him. But after he was glorified, after he went to the cross, after he rose again, after he opened their understanding, then they remembered these things that were written of him. Can you imagine? They're standing there while the triumphal entry is happening. They know the prophecy of Zechariah, could quote it no doubt, but they didn't understand what was happening. They didn't understand the powerful moment that they were in. They didn't have understanding of the prophetic that they were operating in, that they were in the middle of. And it wasn't until after resurrection he opened their understanding, not once, not just twice, multiple times we find this. When the ladies go to anoint the body of Christ after his death, the Bible says that Mary and the other Mary, how'd you like to be the other Mary? Mary Jr. The other Mary. Little, little Mary, right? Big Billy, little Billy. Little Mary. The other Mary, and they went to take spices to anoint the dead body of Christ. And when they get there, the stone is rolled away. And there is an angelic being that is speaking to them. And then even the master speaks to Mary and says, Mary, Mary, twice. And she sees him and speaks to him. She goes back and talks to the disciples. And when she says the grave is empty, this is the first time that you read the story of the, the turtle and the rabbit, right? The tortoise and the hare. Because the slowest got there last, but he was the first one in the tomb. But when they get to the tomb, 
here in John find nothing but folded grave clothes. The body's not there. And they have no clue. They even say, who has stolen our Messiah? They are in the middle of the resurrection of Christ. And all the prophecies of the entire Psalms and the law and the prophets are speaking about this. Jesus has declared it over and over and they don't understand. In fact, this is exactly what the scripture says in Luke 23 verses 7 and 8. That Jesus said to them, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and must be cru crucified and the third day I will rise again. You can't get more plain than that. And they heard it and they had the wisdom or the knowledge but no understanding. In the middle of the resurrection, they're feeling grief. They're feeling confusion. In the middle of a resurrection, they're feeling brokenness and pain because they don't have understanding of where they're living. But after that, he was glorified. After that, he resurrected. When he began to open their understanding, Revelations that he is pinning for all of us through the ages to read. 
But then he hears, he sees, and he feels seven thunders coming from heaven. And they begin to utter mysteries and miracles. And he begins to write, and God says, wait a minute. Shut that up. Don't write that yet. Because there's coming a last day church. Nobody else needs to hear what these thunders said. But there's coming a last day church. And when that last day church, then it will be opened up for the time of the end. And there will come a revelation. There will come an understanding. There will come a knowledge. There will come a doctrine of what is shut up just for us. It will not be opened up in revelation and understanding until the last days. It's about timing. Daniel, speaking of the prophetic, also declares this. I'll quickly close. Daniel says this in chapter 9, verse 4. He sees the end time in which we live. And he begins to speak of, listen to this, saints that will resurrect and walk among us. Can you see Bishop Wilson? One day the doors burst open and there he is. Saints resurrected during the time of Christ's death and resurrection. And the Bible says in the end time, saints that have gone on will resurrect and show themselves to us. Daniel says the saints that resurrect and wisdom oh, shall shine as brightness of the firmament. That's a prophecy for the end time. And then God says to Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. There are some things that Daniel the prophet saw that's not meant to be understood until now. The end time. There's revelations and prophecies that we do not have the ability to see until. What we have shared with you is simply this. The timing and the place is after resurrection. Before resurrection, all you get is part. But once the prophecy has been fulfilled, if you will, resurrection has happened. Then you look back at the prophecy and be like, oh my goodness, that's exactly. You might experience it. You got prophecy, you got calling, you had all kinds of things conjured up in your mind about exactly what that looked like. But then once it was beginning to be fulfilled and it became perfect, then you had to do away with what was partiality because it was just a little piece of it. It's just a part of it. This is the way the prophetic works. If the principal thing in life is getting wisdom, and with all of your wisdom, do better than Solomon, you've got to get understanding that every revelation from the Word of God, every knowledge, every doctrine, everything that God gives us is a piece of the puzzle to bring us to the fulfillment of every understanding that we need. I want you to stand with me because here's, here's the heart.
Here's the hard part. When the pain is on us, we have a prophecy, but we don't even understand that we're in the middle of the prophecy being fulfilled. All we can focus on is the pain. We, we've got a revelation. We've got a knowledge. We've got a doctrine. And we just sometimes live by. But in the midst of the journey that's bringing us to the perfection and the fulfillment of the promise, the fulfillment of life and resurrection, we, we don't have understanding. These things are supposed to give us pieces so that we can look toward the resurrection and have hope. young lady I was asking about before. Is her name Norrell? Is that close? Where are you at, Norrell? She's busy ministering. Somebody go chase her out of the restroom or if she went home, catch her and bring her back here. <laughs> Pastor from Arkansas, I want you to come. Have I met you and your family before? In Arkansas? Here? Texas? Let me give you a word from Mississippi. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> There's an absolutely call and anointing upon your life. Yes. Yes. And this is what I know in the Holy Ghost. Pastor hasn't told me anything. Through ministry, tremendous pain has come. Yes. As you're giving yourself to the calling, the anointing, what is prophesied over your life, the revelation that you received about who you are in God and what. There's been hurt that's happened even in the church. That's wrong. <laughs> but what you need to see today is that this is your prophecy. This is the fellowship of suffering that will produce the power of the fellowship. It don't look like it right now, but it don't feel like it right now. But when you get on the other side and look back, you're going to say, my goodness, I was standing right there at the empty tomb and didn't even know what God was doing. I was right there at the triumphal entry and didn't realize I experienced it. I was there. I saw that. But there wasn't enough understanding. So today in the place, God's trying to speak hope through a prophetic word today. That this ain't who you are. This is not a reflection on how people see and think of it. This is not anything that it looks like right now. This is just a piece of the puzzle. And when you get to that powerful resurrection, what's your name, sis? Roxy, the enemy has told you, sister, that you are not a typical pastor's wife, that you don't have what it takes to fulfill the purpose of God. That is a life of the pits of hell. God knew you and formed you in your mother's womb and has brought you to this place. Get bigger than what they ever have been. God wanted to stretch you and use you 
what our hope is. And what our joy is. I want them to come and sing that song again. And I want you to give an I want to give an altar call to you. That in the middle of what you're dealing with and the struggle that you have, you're going to have to shake yourself and realize all you're hearing today from this servant of God is just a peace. How can you possibly have understanding about where you're going to be in joy, in ministry, in purpose, in anointing, in blessing, in revival, in heart? How can you possibly know that until you get there and he resurrects it fully? But until then, we got to shake ourselves and realize there's four dimensions by which we receive partiality of understanding. And that's the doctrine of the Word of God. And that's revelation of the Word of God. And that's prophecy that goes forward. It's these things that give us pieces of understanding. So today, I'm praying for understanding. The servant of the prophet stood on the veranda and realized that enemy armies had encamped about Samaria. They were going to cut off every supply of food, every supply of water. It looked like things were desperate. So many more against them than what they could muster. And he runs to the prophet and is like, woe is us. And the prophet calmly says, God open his eye. Open his understanding. And when the scales fell from spiritual eyes, then he could see beyond the armies of the enemy was the Lord of hosts and heavenly armies that so outnumbered the enemy that had come against them. Bits and pieces of revelation and knowledge and doctrines is where we get bits and pieces of of the revelation that will be. So today, this is just a piece. But you need to understand where you're living now, this is not who you are. The joy you're fighting for now, that's not your joy. The peace you're looking for, that's just a small part. The hope you're looking for, that's just a small part of it. But if you were to catch on to what the Spirit is saying today, it would give you joy in the midst of your trouble and in the midst of the storm and hope to go through the next journey and walk the next path. I speak specifically. Life of Hinesville, you are in the middle of the prophetic utterance that God has spoken over this city. And we all receive God. This is my altar call. If you need hope, then come down and receive a piece of the perfected. If you need joy and peace and direction, if you need a miracle, if you need healing, then just, just come on down. And as we begin to sing and we begin to worship, would you let a hope and a faith begin to operate that this is the prophetic I'm living in. And I can take a piece of it. And find strength and comfort and joy as we go forward. Come on now. Feel this altar up. Guests are invited. People that need the Holy Ghost, you're invited.
You need a healing. Get on down here. You're invited. You need a miracle. You need a restoration. Get up. You're invited. There you go. Come on down. And as we begin to sing right now.
two senior pastors, multiple pastors, two senior pastors in 45 years. I said it yesterday, that is a testament to the church. That's a testament to the leadership in the church that, that, they, uh, that those pastors uh, stay those lengths of time. That is an honor to the church. So we give each and every one of you, every leader, every member, honor. Praise God. Brother Munden, if you would come, let's give Brother Munden and Pastor Munden our family pastor. All right, well, praise the Lord. Let's give it up for the Lord and what he did in this place today. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord. Uh, just Pastor said to all our first-time visitors, thank you for all coming out. Um, I want to be short in my um, announcements, so if you could all please stand to your feet. I do want to say this first and foremost. At the very bottom of your announcements, it says Saturday, we have prayer at 8 a.m. But that evening, we have Bible study, prayer Bible study. And last night, Sister Duvall, the prophet, came and spoke it. We went through, step by step, verse by verse, 1 Corinthians 14, last night. So that is a testament to what God is doing through his people for Reverend Green to come out today and speak that same thing. So these things all connect. And I feel that those of us that were able to attend last night got, got everybody got a lot. But man, I don't know. I, I'm willing to contest if anybody got more than me for what Sister Duvall spoke on last night, which connected with today. It was powerful. So make sure that every one of these events you try to connect to to make sure you get these additional tidbits that help us in our learning, right? So that we may be able to gain that wisdom, or get wisdom and gain understanding, all right? Well, praise the Lord. Uh, we do want to remember we have our life in focus tomorrow morning. I mean, Monday afternoon. We have a um, Tuesday prayer service at 6 p.m. and Bible study at 6.30. All right? And then, um, of course, through the week. This week, Wednesday, we do not. This is like the fourth or fifth Wednesday. We do not have our spiritual warfare at 7 p.m., but we do have our prayer at 6.30 p.m. So make sure that you're able to, um, um, that you get online with us on, on the call, on the conference call, right? If you don't have that information, you should be getting emails from pastor or from the church. And if your name isn't on there, please make sure that you give Christy Lynn or the first lady or one of them your new address, all right? Well, praise the Lord. As you prepare your wallets, as you prepare your uh, purses for offering your cards or whatever, um, please do remember also, if you want to purchase, Reverend Green and his wife have materials out there. I bought the coolest of ties a couple of years ago from them that I still wear. And um, so out back they have books, they have little trinkets, materials, um, um, bookmarkers, all kind of stuff that Sister Green has a lot of it handcrafted herself or they have purchased. So these are things, items that you can't find anywhere else. And many of their books, and you do not want to be, if you thought the preacher was good, get the books also, all right? So go ahead and out there, they have their own little kiosk so they can check. They take all forms from cash all the way. I don't know if they take Bitcoin, but maybe you'll just, you can just give him one and he'll give you change next time he comes through town, all right? All right. Well, Lord Jesus, Heavenly Father, we are thankful, Lord, for the blessing that you have poured out today, Lord. We pray, Lord, that if anyone's heart has been pricked, Lord, that the opportunity is here, Lord. The water is warm. Hallelujah. You are ready to wash them, Lord. Cleanse them, Lord. Let them be buried, Lord, in the water.
may be joined to you. We thank you, Lord, for all of those that have been filled, Lord, and they would consider, Lord Jesus, hallelujah, joining your kingdom, Lord, by being buried in your name. We thank you, Lord, and we pray that you will bless this offering, this tithe, this giving, that we may be able to bless our local assembly. We thank you, we praise you, and the congregation agreed by saying... Amen. God bless. Go with God. Please do not forget all of our announcements. Don't forget to go out and support our evangelists. This helps them to be able to get around. Thank you. Oh, hey, praise the Lord. Hey, saints. Everybody, I do have one thing. Here I go. I do apologize. Some we have something uh, to say for Pastor the First Lady. Where honor is due, honor is given. Look around you. The church that we have, we could not have if we did not have the hand of God. We thank God that he has placed the man of God, Pastor Crutchfield and the lady of God, Sister Crutchfield. Brother Crutchfield, Sister Crutchfield, if you would come. It is with joy that we give you this token of our appreciation. They are extremely good people that love life. God's good. I want to give the First Lady an opportunity to speak. Praise the Lord, Church. I will be very brief. Just know that with our whole hearts, with every waking moment, with every breath we breathe, we breathe Jesus in this church. And we love you so much and thank you for letting us serve you because that's what we come to do, sir. Thank you, everybody. Now you're dismissed.